this is the future. This will be absolutely ubiquitous by 2030. Um, but that's what we're delivering today. So essentially, we've created a brand new channel that can engage 100,000 people at a time. More than that, beyond the stadium as well. We've got our stadium games. We've got Pen Kick, which is a penalty shootout game for football or soccer. And um, and that allows 75,000 people to all take a shot from their phone with a big reveal on the screen, on the big screen. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech, here is your host, Ron Malhotra. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. This is Ron, as always, and we're continuing our month focused on innovation in stadium tech of Venue Tech, brought to you by the DFL, the Deutsche Fußball League, in the lead-up to their Sports Innovation event. If you don't know what this is, go to sportsinnovation.de. The DFL, for the last couple of years, well, they did it in 2022, and they're going to do it on the 20th and 21st of March in 2024, uh, is that they showcase all the coolest innovation that they're experimenting with in one place. It's an exhibition match between two Bundesliga clubs that's taking place in Dusseldorf. Um, so if you're around the area, try and drop by. Um, but if not, at least go to the website and take a look at what's happening in the lead up to the event. Um, and on our side, we continue with producing content into the lead up to the event. In this series already, uh, you've spoken or I've spoken to um, a couple of people. We've had ASP Glass Flow, the, those amazingly cool um, digital glass floors that basketball courts are now made of. Um, we've had a digital twin uh, service provider, one plan from the UK. And today, I wanted to focus on a solution which talks about fans in stadium. And to do that, I've got, um, a, I'd like to call him a friend now, Gareth Langley, CEO and founder, or co-founder of Ping. Welcome to the show, Gareth. Hello. Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here and honor to be called a friend as well. Thank you. <laughs> pleasure is all mine. I, I have to say that because we've met... And this is a wonderful uh, accident, a coincidence or whatever. But we, we, I've actually met a sports tech startup based out of Macclesfield. How do you know? <laughs> yeah, small world when it comes to it. It's great. Great coincidence. Yeah, yeah a little context for, for listeners. Uh, so my daughter was born not far from Macclesfield. Her, her grandparents live in Macclesfield. And I had never heard of Macclesfield <laughs> till, <laughs> uh, till I knew that her grandparents lived there. And um, so last year when I was there for... Just after she was after she was born, um, Gareth uh, stumbled into my network somehow, and then we caught up for a beer, and we've been in touch since then. And I wanted to take a chance to showcase some of the amazing work that these guys are doing. Um, Ping is uh, mass participation in stadiums. So basically, if you're in an arena, you can pull out your mobile phone and interact with the game that is playing on the screen, um, and do this at scale. Um, do this for whatever. 10, 15, 20, 60,000 people that are in, in that stadium and then done this for quite a few people already. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, um, Gareth, I know you a little bit. Maybe our listeners should get to know you a little bit as well. I'd like to know uh, a bit about the man behind or the team behind uh, the the solution. So what brought you to setting up Ping, I guess? 
So my background, and same with all of my co-founders, actually, is we are all co-founders of digital agencies uh, previously. Um, so between us, we've set up, we've co-founded three digital agencies around Manchester in the UK. Um, all of us have been specialists in making hyper-casual games for various clients from Kellogg's and Coca-Cola. Um, in my agency, we used to do a lot of work with broadcasters, with the BBC and uh, Channel 4 in the UK. Um, my particular interest in, when, in the agency days was working with those broadcasters on mass participation TV shows. So we had uh, we worked with both BBC and Channel 4 on a number of pilot projects and experimental projects and development projects um, of seeing how you can have participation for, say, 100,000 plus viewers at home taking part in a TV show that's live, but making that more than just voting. How can you have participation that's meaningful for hundreds of thousands of people that is more than voting? And so that was sort of that bit that we were. I was always just really passionate about, um, making it an exciting experience for the people at home and closing that feedback loop letting people joining in. Um, it was very difficult in those days to actually get things, or it still is, uh, to get things commissioned and off the ground. Um, and sort of, I think that was a revolution that never quite happened in television of this mass participation. It, it was, it should have happened. It never quite happened for whatever reasons. Um, I sort of moved on from my agency um, after about sort of 10, 14, 15 years and spent about four or five years working as a consultant, um, mainly in the startup space, so working with a startup incubator in the Northwest in the UK, helping other startups on their journeys um, to investment and, um, and world domination. Um, where everything all came together was uh, out of the three sort of, or the, the five of us as co-founders, we had an opportunity working with um, one of the Premier League football clubs near us in Manchester, to do something quite interesting. And so we had these, essentially what was a side hustle of these small games for sort of 30 to 100 people. And they said, we like those games. Can you do one for 55,000 people inside a stadium? So naturally we said yes. And then we went, okay, how are we going to do this? And my our brains are kind of going off in different directions of how on earth are we going to do this technically? What about the internet connectivity and all of those problems? And then the other part of the brain was going, this is really exciting. And that was the point where we changed everything and essentially formed Ping as it now is with us all coming on board together um, to follow this, uh, this opportunity. So we could see that there was an opportunity to change the way that fans are engaged at sports events all over the world in downtime and that's when we formed ping it's always uh, helpful isn't it when the a client asks you for a solution rather than you having to come up with one and uh, pitch it to a client by the way just out of curiosity were you wearing blue to these meetings or red I, it, it would be difficult for me to say um, <laughs> for right. reasons. But yeah, I, th I think that'll be a running theme um, over the course of this conversation. Unfortunately, Gareth is limited by what he can speak to publicly. Um, but I can promise you some of the names that they are working with are the elite uh, in um in, in world football or in other sports as well. All right, Gareth, so that brings us to the actual solution, which is Ping. So which year was this conversation and which year did you guys set up? So it was around 2019 um, that the conversations were happening. It was 2020 is what we call our birth date. Um, so we made games for crowds, started in 2020. That's right, perfect timing. 
Perfect timing, just before crowds became illegal all over the world. But we'll probably come to that later. All right. No, actually, let's go through that. So I want to talk about the evolution of the product. So from that first conversation, um, you're now working in a tenuous environment for a, a product for a mass participation, but you've been running pilots in that time. And I guess at some point, maybe in 21 or uh, towards the end of 21 or 22, it actually got to run like a mass scale pilot. Was that was that correct? Or that yeah. was a about how you went? That's right. I mean, if so, if I rewind a little bit and to talk about um, about our product and and what we do. Uh, yep. So essentially, we the, the future of brand engagement and fan engagement, or brand activation and fan engagement, is mass participation, and it has to be. So by the end of the decade, uh, every great event on earth, fans are going to be reaching for their devices to take part in these mass participation digital experiences with everybody else in the arena. Fans at home are going to be joining in too, and brands and sponsors and partners are going to be using these channels to directly communicate with this audience. This is the future. This will be absolutely ubiquitous by 2030. Um, but that's what we're delivering today. So essentially, we've created a brand new channel that can engage 100,000 people at a time. More than that, beyond the stadium as well. And then we can uh, capture data from those people. We can get personal insights on 100% of our users, and we can have very, very powerful calls to action. Um, we do that by making these games for crowds. So we've got um, three scales of games. Our original games of around sort of 30 to 100 people that are perfect for fan zones and hospitality suites. We've got our stadium games. We've got Pen Kick, which is a penalty shootout game for football or soccer. And um, and that allows 75,000 people to all take a shot from their phone with a big reveal on the screen, on the big screen. And you can see whether your ball went in and it's the team. It can be home versus away, north stand versus south stand. See which team gets the most uh, most goals um, is the winner. Um, and then we've also got our interactive game show product called Quiz. And, and this is essentially a oh, mass participation game show at the end of the day. And this is the most versatile product because it can be used inside the stadium for 75,000 fans in the stadium. But we can also have 100,000 people or more all over the world, taking part in the same activation as the fans inside the stadium. Um, so that's sort of very, very interesting. And the way that we like to think of it when we're talking to brands is when was the last time you heard 50,000 fans cheering for your TV advert at halftime? You know, never. that Something that never happens. But that's what we've created is these really magical moments because everything we do can be branded we make these magical moments that brings everybody together into this amazing wow moment where everybody's cheering and ooing and ahhing. And so every one of our games has a very different sound profile. Um, so we can tell which game is being played from the noise that the audience are making. And that is something that you don't get in your average brand activation uh, in sports. Um, and on top of that, as well as creating this magical moment for brands and putting that that, you know th those emotions are what brands pay millions for and they pay millions for these their rights and we're able to sort of create this and put it into take their brand off the big screen and put it into the hands of hundreds of thousands of, of fans basically and then collect personal data for those opt-in audiences uh high click-through rates and um and insights as well in a nutshell that's what we do yeah and drive that engagement because these are fun little games so let's talk about the games for a, for a minute you mentioned penalty kick um, I know these are a series of pretty simple, easy to play 
games, right? So maybe talk to us about those. Yeah, so joining is super simple. Uh, there's no apps to download. There's no accounts to set up. Um, it is a case of scanning a QR code and you're straight into the, the fun. We take away all of those barriers. Um, and so with Penalty Shootout, you take your shot, you choose your team, you take your shot, and then you look at the big screen as thousands of balls all get take one penalty to shoot out uh, sorry the striker takes a shot and thousands of balls just go bouncing around the screen and bouncing off the goalkeeper's head and it just creates this wonderful sort of hilarious moment where everybody 50,000 fans are kind of ooing and, and laughing and then you'll have their score of how many of their balls went in and then you flip over to the other team and then you'll have the reaction as all of their balls go in and you have again they go ooh and you you can hear the crowd ooing and ahhing as that counter goes up is it going to be higher or lower and then we can repeat that very very quickly and do another round another round another round so it's a very easy way for um for fans to get in and out of that game and create a, a great moment in sort of three or four minutes of gameplay yeah I know you have a racing game. There are a couple of other formats, but these are all very simple. As you said, 30, 90 seconds, like very quick, sharp, short, um, easy to interact, perfect for a little break and play uh, or halftime or things like that. Um, okay, so I think we set the context um, for what it is. Who is this for now? So this is for rights holders. This is for brands, advertisers. Who are you usually engaging with? Yeah, so our customers fall into three camps uh, it's either the the rights holder themselves the, so we're working with leagues um uh, football stadia uh, so venues leagues everybody teams uh, so it's either the rights holder it's the brand or it's an agency and those agencies then fall into two categories of either agencies working for the brands or their sports presentation agencies and so quite often we might get brought in through one of those clients and then we end up working with the other one um, sure. it's usually working with one between one or two of those three stakeholders um, from the other side so that's who our customers are from the other side it's always about focusing on the fans. If we don't engage the fans, then we're not going to deliver what we're doing. So it's about that hyper-casual fun, excitement. We work on the wow moments. We find out how, when we're thinking of a new game, where are we going to get people to laugh? Where are we going to get those reactions? And it's about focusing on those. And when we do that, then that's where the value comes for either the rights holders or for the brands. Um, so out of those three customer groups, obviously your rights holders are looking for new sponsorship inventory that they can sell or higher value that they can sell, uh, give away to their partners. Partners are looking for these fantastic sort of opportunities to, to put their brands into the hands of uh, thousands of people and to collect data. And the agencies are looking to do the best sports presentation or the best for their client, uh, the, uh, the brand. So we kind of act as this engagement broker um you've got the rights holder with a captive audience and you've got the brand that want to reach that audience and we're kind of in the middle kind of going exciting the crowd on behalf of those brands which makes sense which makes sense you play a key role in that in that mix and also it's a it's not something that's been done before it's pretty it's like new inventory effectively how because people have been sitting around in that halftime um uh, space and get a beer and get something to eat or get a drink or whatever and and that's about it but to use that time that itself is an innovative idea, uh, which would be new to a lot of these stakeholders. Who have been, I know there are names that you can't take, as you've clearly established. So maybe there are some names I hope that you can take. 
um, to talk about some of the successes of who have you worked with so far? Yeah, so um, just this year alone, we've been at Ajax, we've been at um, Atletico de Madrid, uh, we've been at Euroleague Basketball for the second year for the Final Fours, uh, we've been at the British Touring Car Championships, um, we've been at the King's Cup Basketball in, in Spain, uh, we've been at Silverstone and uh, UCI World Cycling Championships, what else, and Slalom. We're going to be at the Slalom World Championships in a couple of weeks. So that's working with one of our fantastic partners called ADI, who do lots of sports presentation. Um, we work with another agency in Germany called Brands and Emotions, who do amazing work. Uh, we've done probably 20 or 30 quizzes with them now, with uh, their client, uh, Raver, the supermarket, um, and shirt sponsor for FC Cologne. Um, and then we've just got our first home in the water in America. So two key... Obviously, the three markets, large markets for us are um, Europe, America, and India. And uh, and inside America, we're just starting to get our toe in the water there. Um, we've just done a number of pilots with the Tampa Bay Rays, and we've just got a partnership uh, in the Major League Baseball, and we've just got a partnership agreed with um, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, so a second-tier mm-hmm. soccer team over there. By the way, completely unrelated to my previous question, but did you get down to watch the Women's World Cup? We didn't, only on TV, sadly. It would have been nice to have been there. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. That, that's a, you've already rattled off a bunch of, uh, of names coming back to that question. Um, so you've, you've proven that this works in different markets, in different, uh, as you said, for different stakeholders. What has been the biggest challenge on, uh, on the flip side? Is there a, I would imagine for you, it's in, on one side, it's a no brainer, like, Hey, there's nothing happening at that time at halftime or during the breaks. Like, why don't you try this? But at the same time, I've found very often it's those no brainer solutions that find it very hard to get over the line to convince somebody to adopt. Um, has that been your experience? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're selling new technology into essentially fairly old markets that are, have established ways of doing things. And I think it's usually the perception of difficulty of rolling out our product is is the problem um, rather than the reality. It's really simple to run our stuff. Everything's web-based. You, if you can plug a website into the big screen, you can run our products. You know, it's that easy. Our handover process takes about 15 minutes, and that's if we're dragging it out and going over it three times. You know, it's really, really simple to use our stuff. Um, so it's it's largely an education process, I think, is the is one of the biggest challenges that we have. It's it's a no brainer, but everybody wants somebody else to try it first. Right. And so, what we are finding is that um, every time we do an activation, then the quality and quantity of inbound leads goes up because people read about it, or they see it, or they experience it. And there's nothing like experiencing what we do um, to really understand what it is that we do. It's the sounds that the crowd make that is addictive. Um, yeah. Gets people to get in touch with us. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, we talked about it uh, before we started. There's nothing like word of mouth or experiential marketing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the best way. And kind of like also what you would easily see is potentially at least hockey stick growth, kind of where you see 
there is that initial interest. It takes a long time to adopt. And then once it starts getting adopted, it hopefully gets adopted far and wide. Um, now, for you, you've established that you bring value to a bunch of different stakeholders in around. I want to bring this back to the, the venue tech or the stadium tech theme for the month. So there is the actual venue itself that you could engage with. Um, yeah. There is obviously the people who are uh, who are now residing in the venue, which is the rights holder or the team um, and or the broadcasters. So it's almost like you kind of touch points with everyone yeah, and, and, of course, the fan who's in the venue. So it's like everybody in the venue at any point in time, you kind of touch base with all the stakeholders there. Maybe not F&B, but maybe those as well at some point. We yeah we, we we'd love to do F and B actually because um, what we can do at the end is we can give, give vouchers out to there you go. exactly you know uh, vouchers to the to the winning team. Uh, so if you've chosen the north stand, if you're on the north stand or the south stand, and you can get a voucher of twenty five percent off free beer or you know fries or something, brilliant. Um, so yeah, we could do that too. Um, yeah, I mean usually. In terms of the customers, it, it's usually the brands that are paying for it ultimately, whether indirectly or indirectly, um, or uh, or it might be the fan engagement teams and innovation teams inside the venues. But as I, as we say, it's usually it's a with that broker of engagement between all of those stakeholders uh, and bring them together. So a follow up to that, I guess. I mean, from your side, obviously you're focusing on the fans' perspective, but because you speak to stakeholders uh, across the board. What else or what, what have you seen or have you heard from them about innovation in stadium tech that, that you think uh, is exciting that you can look forward to? Maybe either connected to fans or, or not in that space either. The, the three areas that excite us the most are connectivity, screens and sound. And so obviously for our product, we need connectivity. And uh, so that is that can be a barrier. It's a barrier that's disappearing day by day, week by week. Um, so three years ago, when we started this journey, the, the first question somebody would ask was, what about internet yeah. connectivity? Now it's something that comes up in sort of one in five, one in 10 conversations that we have. And it is that, that problem is disappearing so quickly. Um, and in some parts of the world, it's not a problem at all. Everybody can get super high, fantastic internet connectivity on their phone inside the stadium. Um, so that one is a must, is exciting for us. Um, the next one talking about, let's look at sound. It's something that we've not really touched on yet, but I think if we can encourage the sound, it's that we like to make the audience react and make those sounds. And what we want to do next is really sort of use sound to our advantage to really sort of up the atmosphere as well in the games uh, that we play. That's everything from calls to action to get playing the game. So they go, oh, I recognize this sound. It's a ping game. Get out your phone and you start playing through to just those exciting wow sort of moments through there. Um, so, you know, the sound systems inside Stadia is exciting. Uh, but then the big one is, you know, we make we make games at the end of the day and Quiz technically doesn't need a screen to play on. Everybody could play that. Just uh, we have heard a few um, venues without screens where we can just do it straight through, direct to your phone, put a call to action on the perimeter boards. But obviously, with a screen, everything works better. So the, we love pixels, big, sexy screens with lots of pixels <laughs> excite us. You know, we see these screens and go, oh, my God, what could we do here? What could we do? We saw those perimeter boards. What could we do with this? You know, we just get very excited about those opportunities there. Um, I know we were talking about glass basketball courts before. Again, you know, 
putting one thing that is on our bucket list that we want to do. It, it, it's our mission to engage fans at the best events on earth. And what fans want to do is feel part of this moment. Um, but if we can start projecting onto the court or projecting up from the court and put our games into that court, I am now, as a punter, um, as a fan in this audience, I'm now taking part in a game that's happening on, on my court at this venue. That's exciting. You know, that's that's something that the fans will love and the rights holders and the brands who may be sponsoring it as well. So those are three areas that we get excited about in venue. Suddenly I'm getting ideas. I should put you in touch with the ASB Glassflow guys. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a connection to be had there. That'd be lovely. Yeah. yeah. I was also thinking of, uh, as you said, large stadium. I think I, I came across the article. I think it was uh, the Patriots, right, who, uh, who just launched the, the world's biggest in-stadium screen, this huge yeah. curved uh, yeah, behemoth. Um, and I imagine that you could do a lot and mess around with that screen quite a bit. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as I say, it's we just start salivating when we see these screens of, of the thought of what we could do. Um, but, but but I like that answer. I like the idea of uh, anything which again touches the immersive. Let's say trying to create a more immersive, more uh, engaged experience in the stadium because screens and sound, especially, don't get too much attention. So more innovation there, like the Glassflow guys, like uh, like other such, like the the Gillette Stadium. Um, I think driving more or more innovation there creates more opportunities, which other other service providers can build on. Um, good stuff. Okay, we've, we've covered quite a bit already, uh, Gareth. I think the the fact that we're both quick talkers maybe helps. What's uh, <laughs> what, what what's coming up next? Where, where are you looking forward to over the next 12, 18 months? Oh, good question. So, yes, we're on this mission to engage fans at the best events on earth. Um, coming up, we, uh, we've we just done a nice, interesting pilot with a cricket um, cricket club in the UK. Um, um, so we're talking about what that partnership might look like over the next couple of years. Uh, working, um, we, we should be at the NFL in Germany, just waiting for that to be confirmed. And uh, so that'll be a really nice entry point into NFL, hopefully. Um, we've done a really interesting pilot, uh, so taking us, uh, still keeping in sports, but outside of the stadium, um, we're working with a, a TV indie called uh, Talent Bank, and we've just done a really nice pilot with them called Fando Football, which is essentially a fan-based football game show and uh, we're discussing what, what we've done in the pilot is we've done used our quiz product as a engagement piece to get thousands of fans all taking part in the in a live quiz and then they can use that content in their game show um to see whether the fans on the game show are are you know are you smarter than the average arsenal fan or are you smarter than the average man city fan and sort of using this as a, a really interesting way to on the one hand create fantastic engagement for fans create new opportunities for sponsors and then also create a, a data base that uh, of, of content that can be used in the game show so that's really exciting um we've also just done a, a very interesting pilot with one of the world's largest sports brands and um that's gone down very successfully so we're discussing with that partner what that might look like rolling out across other territories and uh, and other sports around the world yeah so it's exciting times exciting times from down under to flying high uh sounds like you guys are on on a track uh Lots of big names there, of course, but also innovation in formats about trying new trying new things and 
and trying new ways to to engage with with your fans. Gareth, uh, super stuff. Uh, I feel like every time one of the things that I enjoy speaking with you, one of the reasons I enjoy speaking with you is like I feel like every time I speak with you, I only hear about the needle moving forward. Uh, and that is a compliment <laughs> to you and your team um, and to the whole team and you and your co-founders uh, for the way you execute. Um, so kudos to you. For anybody who doesn't know about Ping, I hope this uh, conversation will educated you a bit. If they want to know even more, uh, where can they find you? Ping.events is our website. So Ping is spelled with two I's, P-I-I-N-G.events. That's where you can come and find out about us. Um, I should use this as an opportunity to say coming up with we are looking for funds raising. We're on our we're on our fundraising round at the moment for seed investment. Get in now whilst you can. Perfect. Yeah, that's always <laughs> going to be my next one. Like, what's the call to action? Is there any request? I guess obviously partnerships, but you've got an open funding round as well. So anybody interested in reaching out to Gareth, you can find them on their website or I assume LinkedIn is fine as well. Um, all right, Gareth, that brings me motoring along to my last question um, and my favorite one. Uh, it's. Uh, the one I usually end the podcast with is I like to believe we're all sports fans first and that's why we choose to work here. So what has been your favorite sporting moment? Uh, either one you engage with as a fan or as an athlete, but I feel like you're going to go on the fan side here. Yeah, I'm definitely not an athlete. And, uh, I, I, I love my running. I love fell running, as, as you know, where I live. But beautiful hills around here. So I think every time I go for a run in the hills, whether it's at sunrise in the morning or in the blizzard in the winter you know that's that's probably my favorite magical sports moment every single time i get out there but uh, are you a runner yes Ron? yes i am i enjoy it well, well, I'll bring me running shoes at christmas and we'll i'll take you I'll take yeah you. i bring my running shoes everywhere i, I never moved off. but yeah maybe why not we can we can check out the hills around around my Go for a slow run in the hills. You, um, I'll be at the back. I'll get you talking, and I'll uh, I'll be behind. Well, we'll see how that goes. But no, no. Let's talk about your fan moment then. Yeah. So from a fan perspective, um, the the Women's World Cup this year was just amazing. Um, both as an England fan um, and in terms of one of the projects that we've been involved in recently, it was a really exciting time for us. Um, but also, I think probably as a sports fan, it's been the Tour de France. I've always loved the Tour de France ever since being a child. And this year's was just, I couldn't pick a moment. It's like every single stage was so exciting. Um, everything from talking about the British riders, Simon and Adam Yates were just amazing from stage one. Um, Mark Cavendish, was he going to get his break the world record for the most number of stage wins? And he tragically crashed out. Um, and you know, hopefully he'll be back next year to get his world record. Um, and then just the race between Vanguard and Pogaccia. It was just day by day. It was, you know, it was, it was brilliant. So if anybody's not interested in cycling, go and watch the Netflix documentary and next year's document or the, the, the next season of that talking about the season right. that's the 2023 race is just going to be really exciting I, I can't wait for that to come out even though i've seen the tour de france every stage this year can't wait to watch the documentary all about it. i have to say i i've never been a big tour de france fan like because i'm a sports fan in general maybe check the scores or, or it's not the score sorry the results and see what's happened but unchained the netflix uh documentary it really got me in I think that's the best one yet. Far better. Yeah. I mean, Drive to Survive has is, is become a commercial whatever entity. I think the original first few seasons were great fun. Now it's just a bit of, uh, yeah, it's, it's not as fun maybe for me. But I've watched all of them. The, I think uh, the tennis, what's it called? Breakpoint. 
uh, Unchained, there's Drive to Survive, there's a surfing one, and Unchained was by far like absolutely gripping, insane. I have to watch that. And I, I watched it after this year's Tour de France. I actually missed it. Yeah. And then I just happened to catch it. And I was like, shit, I can't believe I missed the Tour de France. And I have to watch it. But the next year's is going to be even better because this year's race was so good. So, yeah. Good shout. Good Amazing. shout. I like the Tour de France is not, it's not one that makes this answer very often. I'm, I'm, glad, you, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it to the table. Gareth, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to more uh, more names, more cool events that uh, maybe showing up at an arena and I didn't even know. And hey, there's a ping event. Uh, a ping game that's on the screen. That'd be fun. I'm sure we'll get there. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Ron. Absolute pleasure as always. Right. Thanks at all. All right. That is a wrap for another episode, the third in our series of Innovation in Stadium Tech. The fourth one will actually be with the DFL. We'll be talking to them about um, yeah what they're innovating on, what they're working on, and also leading up to their sports innovation event uh, happening in March of next year. Catch, a, catch that one next week. See you guys then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.